All right. Uh, wanted to do this short, um, just a short lesson here. Let me get this adjusted. I uh, want to talk about uh, just something really quick, a few minutes on indirect warfare. Uh, we've been dealing here at the Hub for the past several weeks on freedom from depression. And I just wanted to spend a few minutes <clears throat> on, on a subject I think that would be helpful today uh, for anyone that's kind of battling through some depression or whatever it is, anxiety issues, marriage issues, financial issues. Uh, whatever it is you're facing, I think this subject will help you. I think it'll give you just one one aspect uh, or one facet of the warfare that's taking place. Because as believers, we have to remember we are in a spiritual warfare that is constant. You are a soldier. You are to be vigilant. You are to be aware of that. And that's that's the part that gets left out of a lot of uh, preaching, sermons. Unfortunately, we don't talk about the devil. We don't talk about demons. We don't talk about the enemy. We're more just kind of, it's a social gospel uh, with issues and, and people. It's a little more complicated than that, than just, you know, issues. Uh, there is a war that is happening. And scripture is very adamant about that. You know, where Jesus talked more about demons than he talked about angels. He talked more about hell than he talked about heaven. And that's just a New Testament reality. And so I just want to share some light here real quick. Uh, I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Uh, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And so I want to read that out of a, a different translation here. Uh, I'll read that out of the message uh, real quick. It says, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only one plundered into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on faith. The suffering won't last forever. And I like that. Um, I want to just kind of put some different things. Indirect warfare. I want to just explain one of the tactics that the devil uses, the enemy uses, um, to try to trip us up as believers, as Christians. One of the things that he tries to get us... Um, on our, on our heels with, you know, like I said, whatever this is, whether it's your kids, your boss, your workplace, your marriage, your finances, your ministry, uh, that, that, that you're working through, uh, through the pandemic, um, you know, how the enemy uses situations, you know, because sometimes we're expecting for the devil to go, Hey, I'm the devil. I'm attacking you. And I'm here to kill you and steal from you and destroy from you. And so outside of that, we're thinking, well, it's just accidents. No, that's not how the devil works. He's not going to necessarily come up to you and be like, hey, I'm attacking you, giving you a heads up, letting you know. And that's not how it works. I want to give you some biblical examples. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, Jesus is born. 
And the Bible says that he was born king of the Jews. You know, he was born and in, in, in the story where the wise men come and they, they talk to Herod, they're on their way traveling there. And they ask Herod, hey, have you seen the one born king of the Jews? And Herod's like, uh, no, I, I haven't heard about this person that was born king of the Jews. And so they, so he tells, has a, you know, feast for him and, and, and spend some time with the wise men and says, well, tell you what, when you find this king of the Jews, let me know so that I can go and worship him too. And the Bible says that when they left and they found the newborn Christ, they worshiped him, gave, you know, there was, there was gifts to him, frankincense, myrrh, um, and gold and, and all and, and, and silver and all these different gifts that the wise men gave to uh, however many wise men they were to Joseph and Mary and they worshiped him. And then they never returned back because the spirit of God told them in a dream to don't go back. Herod's going to kill the kid. So Herod gets really, really upset. And so the political entity, a real human being, a real person gets angry I wonder what influenced him to be so angry about fear of losing his throne. Pride, arrogance, all those things, yeah. But something influenced him is my point. Um, and it influenced him to a point that he sent soldiers and killed every male child two years and under. And so the enemy can't just, he didn't just send a legion of demons to go and kill baby Jesus. He spurred on a human being to react, and that human being indirectly, out of his political position, reacted a certain way. Uh, in 30 years later, Jesus is, is an adult. He comes on the scene. He reads out of the, the, the scrolls. And in Luke 4, 16 through 32, it's a long passage. You can read it on your own. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 32. You can read that whole encounter. It says that after Jesus said, this scripture is fulfilled in your eyes, talking about I'm the Messiah, I'm the one that was coming. This scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. Um, the people were so upset that in, it, it says it led him away into the edge of the hill, in the edge of the city, that they might throw him down head first. They were so angry. The citizens in the synagogue were so angry that Jesus made this statement that they were took him to the edge of the city and they wanted to throw him head first to kill him. It doesn't mention devils and demons were out there pushing Jesus to the edge. It says humans, citizens, his own people pushed him to the edge. That's a very important point. Again, here's a political entity of Herod that the enemy influenced and used to kill Jesus because he couldn't touch the, the, the demons and devils and spirits couldn't touch Jesus. So what did the spiritual entity need? A human element. He used Herod to try to kill baby Jesus. He used citizens to try to kill Jesus in the beginning of the declaration of his ministry. So then we have another encounter. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20, Jesus comes and, and he comes across to meet a, a young man in, this, in, in the gatherings. And Jesus asks him, what is your name? And they say, Legion, for we are many. And so all this whole encounter comes through. 
where Jesus is having this encounter with these devils and demons and all this stuff. Well, what happens in this story? What happens in this story is prior to that is Jesus is crossing through the Sea of Galilee and there's a storm and he's asleep. And all of a sudden there is an indirect storm that the enemy uses as Jesus is on a boat to try to drown him. He used a actual element. And see, we could sit there and go, well, I thought God was in charge of, of all of these things. Well, the Bible says that he is the prince of the power of the air, that he is the God of this world. You know, in our insurance companies, we have a clause in there and it's called, um, like if a if some type of natural disaster, it's called an act of God clause. That our insurance companies try to attribute these issues and, 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 and what's happening in, in Dallas right now. God is judging Texas. I, I don't know. God's judging Dallas. You know, no, that's not what God does. Because when God judges a city, you'll never find it again. Go look in the Bible in the cities that God judged and tell me if there was any remains left over. Hurricane Katrina, God's judging, you know, uh, New Orleans. No, if God was judging New Orleans, we would have never found New Orleans again. But in this moment, the enemy, there was a spiritual entity, the prince of the power of the air, was in operation, indirectly, trying to kill Jesus, going, okay, I tried to kill him as a baby. I tried to use political entities. Didn't work. I try to use the, 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 the citizens of the city to try to kill him. It didn't work. So I'll tell you what, if I can catch him and drown him, I'll end it. And Jesus stands up and says, storm, be still. Took authority over the storm. That wasn't what the enemy was anticipating. There was an indirect reference. So political, citizens, now weather elements, natural elements. And I want to use one, just one last example of story, Luke chapter 22, verse three. The Bible says that Judas is now, they're all sitting at the table in the gospel of Luke and gospel of John chapter 13. It says that Judas sitting there, Satan entering into Judas to betray him. Again, it wasn't just Satan betraying Jesus. It was Satan working through a human element a human person to bring about the betrayal of Jesus. See, we have to understand this concept. Spirit cannot touch physical, typically. Spirit can't touch physical, and it works both positive and negative. Devils can't touch necessarily humans. See, I say, I'm leaving that clause of typically, for a different discussion. But a spirit can't touch physical, typically. That works with Holy Spirit. That works with demon spirit. What do I mean by that? Is the Holy Spirit on this earth? Yeah, Jesus said, I must go so I can send the Holy Spirit. To what? Convict the world of sin. Lead you in all truth. So that means the Holy Spirit is here. Does that mean everyone is filled with the Holy Spirit? No. But to them that have believed, right? To them that have expressed faith, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and indwells that person. They receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Ghost in their life. There's the Holy Spirit that's resident in their life. 
and the fruits of the Spirit will now be brought forth from them. He lives inside of them. He possesses them and then gives us back to ourselves when the Bible says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So the Spirit of God comes to free man and give you back to yourself to live out your faith out of obedience in faith to Christ. That is spiritual maturity, one of the elements of spiritual maturity, but uh, or one of the indications of spiritual maturity. But I want to just bring this point that those of you that are going through, through battles and, and we always say, oh, the devil's fighting me and all this stuff, and that may be true, but how is he fighting you? This is where I want to take the dark glasses off and put on the clear ones so you can see clearly. The devil will use people, circumstances, and situations. The devil will use people. Okay. So does that mean we have to be aware and afraid of every human being? No. I just want to take the lens off of something for us to understand one of the ways that the enemy uses things. He uses human element. He can only nudge that direction. It's up to you whether you step into it. He can only nudge you to be discouraged. It's up to you if you step into depression. It's, he, he can only nudge you into lying, gossiping, cheating, being dishonest, stealing. Um, and then it's up to you to step into it. He can only nudge you into alcoholism and drunkenness. It's up to you whether you will step into that. There's nothing in the Bible that says, you know what? The devil made you do it. That does not exist. So I want to take that element off and I just want to close this out. I want to read one last scripture here. First Corinthians 10, 13. The apostle Paul's writing and he says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Uh, let me read out of another translation here. This is out of the NIV. And it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way so that you can endure it. So if you're facing some issues and you're facing some situations, you're battling with emotions, you're battling with depression and discouragement and everything. What I want to bring to light is that you have a range of emotion as human beings. But I want to bring to light that it is the enemy that nudges you that direction slowly, back and forth, so you know, it, it is uh, the CDC released uh, some numbers in 2018, and they said due to clinical depression across the United States of America, the average income that it impacts is twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a year per person per family. What do you mean? It impacts twelve to fifteen thousand dollars financially. It impacts you through depression, overeating, overspending, 
purchasing unnecessary things, uh, not calling in sick when you don't have sick pay, taking days off when you can't get reimbursed, when you can't get paid for those days, um, trying to financially compensate for those things comes out to on average twelve to fifteen thousand dollars per American person, person in America, that we lose in revenue to our families because we are not what Peter said in first first Peter five and eight. The first thing that he mentions: be sober minded. Being sober, he's not talking just about alcohol. Oh, don't get drunk. I'm not saying get drunk. Don't get drunk. That's right. Don't be inebriated in your emotions through alcohol. But a more important aspect is to have your thought clear, your thoughts clear, so that you think clear that you are not emotionally drunk when you're making decisions, because that's where the enemy traps you. I'm telling you, there's people in your life that sometimes we have to cut off. Sometimes there's relationships and friendships that we have to cut off. Sometimes, and sometimes it's for a season, sometimes it's permanent. But God has not has given you a way of escape in every situation. No doubt, without a doubt, He will He the, the strength is there. The Bible says He's given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In other words, your answer is already there. Will you be willing and are you willing to step out in faith and trust Him in that process? The enemy will use indirect entities. He will use your boss. He will use employers. He will use politicians. I'm, that should not shock us. He will use people of influence to sway things. That's not to be discouraged. It is to understand the enemy's plan and to say, okay, if the devil's going to come at me and come at us and come at our family and come at our communities and come at our, our state and come at our country and come at this world in these indirect ways, then I have a direct way to win. And that is through Christ in him every single time. I, I was not created to lose. I was absolutely positively created to win. There is no other alternative. There is no other route. I'm going to close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Brother and sister, you were created to win. You were not created to lose. Live victorious, live in him, live amazing. God bless.